What's up, everyone? Redhead Racing Radio back for another episode, our second interview episode of the year. I'm Jason Schultz. Hey, Andrew Carlins. Hey, hey, I didn't even have to say any names. That was that was really easy on my part. Did you ever consider your change your Twitter handle to Hey Andrew Carlins to be like me? No, because my Twitter handle is good the way it is. I don't need to change it just to uh, make consistency for, for the two of us. I thought you just wanted to be like me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. It's very exciting. Well, you did buy, you did get a bunch of Dirty Mo Media merchandise, even though this is a Dirty Mo Media show. I feel like it's pretty fanboy of you to sport the company I work for. So I, I thank you for that. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it was a birthday gift from my dad, and he said that he wouldn't have gotten it for me if we didn't work on the shows um, way back in the, earlier in the year. But since since I worked on the shows, I, I got, you know, I feel like I'm a, slightly a part of, and it, of, of the team, and I can wear it. So you don't even have a sweatshirt. Yeah, I want to talk so, about that. So, I mean, am I more official than you? Arizona State. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. You're going to walk around Arizona State University campus and with the Dale Jr. Download hat, and people are going to be like, yo, no way. The Dale Jr. Download. And you're like, yeah, I'm a big part of it. Helped edit three shows. Yeah, it's big out in AZ. <laughs> hey, yeah, exactly. It's a big market out there. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. How does it feel to be 15? Yeah, no. Uh, we're at Mangiano's, and... This person, the the hostess asked, like, oh, how old are you? I'm like, oh, I'm 19. And she was trying to, oh, so you can, and she couldn't think of anything that goes with 19. Like, no. you know, like 16's driver's license, yep. 18, you're an adult, 21, you can drink, 25, you can rent a car. I'm, there's nothing interesting that happens at 19. It's kind of one of those leapfrog years. So we sat there trying to figure out, like, well, what is, what can you do at 19? And, and we determined it's really nothing that I can do now than I can do on August 3rd. So last year of being a teenager, it's a big deal. Oh, I guess, I guess you're right. Are you, ca- are you counting down the days till you turn 21? I mean, it's kind of far away, but you know, two years, it's going to go by like that. Yeah. I mean, this year's gone by quick, so I'm sure it'll come quick. I'll leave it at that. I'll be nice. <laughs> Second show. We're already on it. <laughs> yep. So a couple weeks ago, we talked to Alan Kavan, our first interview on Redhead Racing Radio, or at least of this year. I thought that was a really funny conversation with him. A lot of good laughs, a lot of good stories. I think people enjoyed that. Yeah, Alan was fantastic. And, you know, it's it's funny. I think about that a lot when I see him at the track and he's posting things about covering the truck series. I find, like, I understand his perspective a little bit more. Like, being at the racetrack, and I think the biggest part that has stuck out to me is that he said access for him as a reporter has been easier to approach people because their race day routine is so much more different than it used to be. And I I thought that was just so interesting, and that's kind of been the one thing lingering in the back of my mind. It wasn't, like, the weird, crazy news stories or anything else. It was that specific detail because I just found that was really interesting. You would think it'd be, like, the complete opposite. It'd be so much more difficult to get to people and be able to do your job. When there's no there's media no around. around. Like, yeah, there's no competition to get interviews. You're probably envious of that, but yeah. you're not allowed to the racetrack. I, I actually could have gone to Road America, 
but the it just, just to sit there and watch yeah a road and, course where you can't see anything anyway yeah so it 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 wasn't gonna work out but uh hopefully hopefully i'll be able to get to a race this year you know like everyone else i miss it so today we had success for the first interview let's do another one so we're talking with a nascar executive today that's very that's a big deal Pete Jung, he is the vice president of brand marketing at NASCAR. And Andrew, you've worked with him a lot over the years doing your work as a content partner with NASCAR. So you brought this idea, you hooked us up with Pete for an interview. So tell us a little bit about what you know about him, what you've done with him in the past. Yeah, as you mentioned, I've been working with Pete for, I think, since 2017. Uh, I've been working with him under the Acceleration Nation program and, and now kind of in that transition period of figuring out what's next but Pete is he's one of those guys where you know of his work and he does a lot of really good stuff behind the scenes but I don't think gets as much recognition or credit as he deserves so when we were talking about guests to come on the show I thought Pete would be great because all my conversations with him man he's had so much insight and just behind the scenes knowledge of what's going on in NASCAR and can really share some interesting things about how they market themselves internally. So hopefully we can get some cool little tidbits from Pete. Some of the listeners may know Jill Gregory, who is the chief marketing officer of NASCAR, has been really stand out in that role in the last few years. So Pete works right under her. So he's like second in line, NASCAR's marketing. So fascinating job to market the sport and really want to find out more about that so we have a lot of cool questions we hope people give us some insight on maybe even talk some 2021 schedule some new initiatives with the playoffs it's gonna be really fun so i think it's time we want to let's, let's get pete on sound up Young, Vice President of Brand Marketing at NASCAR, is with us today on the Redhead Racing Radio. Pete, it looks like you're in your office. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be uh, back at in uh, NASCAR Plaza on the 20th floor, uh, overlooking uh, South Charlotte. Um, it's pr- pretty pretty quiet office, but we got people rotating um, in throughout the week, so it's good to, good to see some people um, with, with with masks on, of course. I was going to say, like, is your job kind of getting back to normal? I saw you were at Bristol, and, and now you're back at the office. Does it kind of feel like you're getting back to normal in NASCAR? Uh, I, I don't know what normal is now, to be honest. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it feels like more of a routine, um, and it's great to be back at uh, at the track. I have yet to um, be deemed as essential to be in the infield, but – um, I've, uh, I've had the good fortune to be at Talladega and Bristol and, uh, Daytona coming up here in a couple of weeks. I love it. I love it. So your, your title is vice president of brand marketing at NASCAR. So could you kind of explain what exactly your job entails? Yeah. So I oversee the, the marketing group within the, um, within the company, uh, for the sanctioning body. Um, there, there are four kind of essential groups within, within the, um, the overarching marketing group. Uh, the first is, is fan engagement. So those are all of the functions that really, you know, connect our, our brand to fans and to new sort of consumer audiences. So our brand group, our media group, um, our fan development group, uh, things like digital marketing. So one-to-one marketing, you know, email and very kind of tailored marketing. 
Um, and then we've got the, I probably should have started with this, the, the research and insights group. So um, a, a group of, of really, really smart colleagues, um, data scientists and um, people far smarter than I am. And, and they really kind of inform everything that we do from messaging to where we invest, to how we present ourselves to, you know, how we engage with fans. So everything that we do is really kind of a data and insight driven sort of culture. And it starts with the marketing organization. We've got the marketing services group, um, and that is uh, the team that um, oversees marketing um, for our the NASCAR property that the tracks um, for, for the NASCAR properties. Um, since we merged with uh, with ISC back in October of, of 2019, uh, and the team also um, liaises or works with uh, the race teams and with the drivers to make sure that they're fully integrated into our marketing strategy and marketing plans. And then uh, the last group is, is marketing activation. So that's really kind of uh, any sort of brand engagements uh, with fans, um, with industry people. So a lot of our, our kind of event activation um, uh, throughout, the, throughout the season. So um, a lot of, lot of different um, uh, kind of disciplines within the broader marketing group. So we're curious as to your career path to your current role with NASCAR as vice president of brand marketing. So can you kind of talk us through, walk us through how you got there? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I, I started, um, I've always been kind of fascinated even with college um, of kind of the, the connection between brands and people, you know, products and sports and services and, and, and humans. Um, and uh, I started uh, on the agency side of, uh, of the business working in, in media planning and then evolved to account planning. So a lot of kind of insights based kind of work and really trying to get to the underlying kind of themes of and motivations of consumers and what, you know, motivates them and connects them with certain brands and products. Um, and then I spent a couple years on the media side of the business. Uh, and after that, I went to the brand side working for MasterCard um, for, for 10 years, um, kind of a behemoth uh, global brand, um, worked both globally um, and, um, and, and here in the U.S. as well. Um, and got to a great, great, um, you know, run at MasterCard, so much opportunity to work on the, the priceless campaign. Um, and then I got to a point where I just, you know, I wanted to really be passionate about, about a brand that I felt was really kind of established, but had so much opportunity to kind of, you know, evolve in, in kind of the, the, the story of that brand. Um, and the NASCAR opportunity um, kind of came to my attention. And I thought like, man, I, I, I love I love cars. I love sports. Um, I'm now a diehard race fan, um, and it, it's really been a blessing to kind of you know be a, a steward of of the NASCAR brand over the past uh, six years or so. So, did you uh, know much about NASCAR before you came to the NASCAR side, or did you kind of learn as you got to the job? And yeah, I'd call my I would have called myself a very casual fan. So I you know I I tune into the Daytona 500. Um, back then, I knew you know Jeff Gordon and and uh, and Jimmy Johnson and and you know and Earnhardt Jr. Um, but um, but I, I quickly became an avid avid fan after just a you know couple months of being closer to to the sport. So diving into some of the specifics of what NASCAR does marketing wise, the sport's been in transition with its stars moving away from Tony Stewart, Dale Jr., Jeff Gordon, and moving into some new guys like Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, and the likes of them. 
So how does the sport go about kind of building, or from your perspective as a NASCAR's marketing team, building up the brands of those younger stars now to kind of reach the level that those past stars that have since retired reached when they were in the sport? Yeah, that, that's a, a huge, huge kind of point and, um, and really kind of opportunity. And I think it's not unique to, to NASCAR. You know, every sport kind of goes through, you know, uh, the, the transition of, of, you know, superstars and emerging stars and, and all that. So, um, you know, we lost obviously some, some, uh, some superstars retired from racing full time, you know, in, in recent years. But what we, what we do have is, is a, an incredible, you know, um, you know, bench of, of younger talent that's, that's emerging and now really, you know, performing on, on the track. Um, I think what, what we've really um, been focused on over the past couple of years um, to help that these drivers and working with their teams and their sponsors um, to help kind of build their fan base and their relevance, really particularly with, with younger and, and more diverse uh, fans and, you know, existing fans and new fans. Um, but it, it really is, is different the way that they're kind of coming up in the sport of NASCAR. Um, that's one of the reasons why we work with them really closely on kind of nurturing their persona um, on digital and, and social platforms and, you know, uh, really kind of trying to find, help them kind of find their voice and, and you know, and support them however they need support, um, you know, whatever that, you know, the format or the platform may be because that, that's, you know, we, we want them to be where young people are and, and to make a connection. There's also a lot more kind of data um, that, that goes into it as well. So every quarter we do a really comprehensive kind of a, a dashboard on, um, on the top cup drivers. Um, so we really can see sort of trends and, uh, and kind of forecast like where there's opportunity, you know, geographically with certain types of, of, uh, of consumers and, and fans um, where there's kind of a, a, an appeal and a connection. So there's, there's um, also kind of the sort of data um, side to it as well. But, um, the, the, you know, it, it sounds kind of cliche that, you know, content is, is so important and, and social platforms are so important. But that's where we really need an authentic way um, take these, you know, young, emerging, you know, drivers, superstars, personalities, and make sure they're known in kind of an authentic way in their own way, which is generally um, on, uh, on, on social platforms and, and different kind of um, content platforms. We've also um, done a lot with kind of pairing um, the, uh, the drivers with different, you know, celebrities and influencers. So in the, the past few years, we've really um, made more of an effort and, and really ramped up our influencer marketing, um, but also do that in a way that we're kind of, you know, pairing them with people that you've got common interests and personalities that are comp compromising. So it, it, it comes across as authentic. If, if anything seems like too forced, you, you know, you're, you're, um, it'll, it'll definitely backfire on you. So um, it's, it's a, it's a different sort of, you know, point in time when these young drivers are, are, you know, um, are really kind of making their, their name in a big, big way. And we really want to make sure that we're doing everything possible to kind of help them along uh, with their journey. You mentioned helping young drivers find their voice, but another part of your job is not only helping the drivers find the voice, but the sport finding a voice. This year, we had a couple of different campaigns. One was not expected. One was I am NASCAR, and then NASCAR is back, obviously. What are some of the cool campaigns that have stuck out to you in years past, and, and what goes through your mind when you're first thinking of something in a, a unique, different way to promote the sport? I, I think when it comes to a campaign, I think that the best campaigns, NASCAR or, or any any kind of brand or advertising campaign in general, 
are, are those that are rooted in some sort of a, a human sort of truth or, or insight. Um, and, and I think that there's just really much more um, opportunity for it to make that sort of connection with the people that you, that you want it to. And sort of the, the, the essence of, of I am NASCAR is that um, their NASCAR isn't just the league or just the racers or just, it's so many things. And so it's like the, the community and, and the combination of all these things. It could be a, a you know, the front tire, um, you know, uh, carrier, it could be the, you know, Talladega, the track, it could be, you know, um, it could be the, the fan, it could be, you know, the driver, it can be myself. So, so many things and those things collectively, that's what makes NASCAR unique and, and, and sort of special. So it was really grounded again on sort of that, that insight of, of what kind of differentiates um, NASCAR perhaps from other sports and, and entertainment sort of properties. Um, so that, that's been, it's, it's top of mind uh, because uh, we, we launched it this year, but I think it, it also, we, we test all of our, our advertising and, and brand campaigns with our fans. We talk to thousands of fans each and every week. And so they give us great feedback and kind of helpful tips on how to, you know, streamline things and, and make things really kind of, um, you know, uh, connect with, with our fans. Um, another one that, that's just a little bit more on kind of the fun and interesting side from a creative standpoint. I don't know if you remember, Andrew, but I think it was the 2016 chase. So the last year of, of, uh, of, of the, the chase. Um, and we had a, a campaign of, of, of the chase campaign where we, um, basically had stunt doubles of, of the drivers and we had them basically kind of reenacting storylines of the different elimination rounds. So I think that, you know, it was through city streets from the, you know, uh, from the, the, um, the round of 16 to 12. And then we were in the, the woods in a forest from 12 to eight. And then we were, I think, uh, around the ocean around Miami from eight to, to, to champ four. And, um, and that was just really, I mean, literally we had these stunt doubles, you know, in the fire suits um, with, with helmets. Um, and they were literally like kind of reenacting what had transpired on the track the previous three races. Um, and so you, you had, you know, people taking each other out and kind of wrecks and stuff like that. And that was just um, a little bit more kind of a, a art. You're like, what, what is this? Like, this is, you know, stock car racing and you've got these guys running through the woods, like taking each other out. But the, the, the effective piece of that is it grabbed your attention, right? So the playoffs are in a very competitive, you know, point, point of the t time in, in the year when you've got college football and NFL. And so we really needed something that would kind of stand out. Um, so that creatively was probably the, the most, um, you know, uh, the most um, uh, thrilling and, and kind of rewarding uh, campaign that I've worked at in, in my time at NASCAR. That's so funny you mentioned that. I still sometimes look back on YouTube and watch the 2016 entire campaign through. It's like a it's like 12 minute video or something like that. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm I still have my job after that, but I don't know. Was that your idea? Well, no, it was our our uh, our advertising agency at the time. It was their idea. Um, but it was you know we take that idea and, and then we have to sort of sell it in you know to leadership and to the industry and. Obviously, the OEMs being such a you know an important part of our of, of of our business of our industry, you know we something like that we obviously kind of sell into them and they, you know you're presenting to Ford, Toyota, and, and Chevy and they're like, where where's the car like yeah, <laughs> but I think just the fact that it was you know our our point was to really like stand out and be like oh you know shocks what is this you know NASCAR then the chase now the playoffs kind of all about so. Definitely a very memorable campaign. And speaking of memorable, this season's going to be very memorable for a lot of different ways. 
uh, given the pandemic and all that has transpired since then. So I was wondering what are some of the challenges and even opportunities NASCAR's uh, worked through in the last few months coming back from the pandemic to race and now even going into the playoffs where you might have some unique opportunities to promote and get people excited about the playoffs this fall. Yeah, I think, you know, listen, it's it's been a incredibly, you know, wild, challenging year for for really virtually everyone. Um, and uh, and it still is. And I think we're far from out of the out of the woods. Um, but I have to say, you know, as cliche as it may sound, I'm 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 so like proud of of the sport and of our of our leadership for the decisions that they've made and the steps they've made and the actions that they've took um, taken um, since really the mid March timeframe. I think just going back to when we when we paused racing uh, on the track, I remember the day Friday March 13th, um, and uh, a week later, you know, we had taken the iRacing partnership and platform, and our digital team uh, created, you know, we created the the Pro Invitational series. So like that, and then you know, we were racing basically, you know, in Atlanta or basically going on on the circuit to all these tracks. And it is uh, hopefully some of you have seen iRacing and specifically the Pro Invitational Series, but it's pretty amazing. Um, And to get all of the drivers on board and they were getting, you know, these these rigs delivered to their houses and getting trained and all that in a matter of literally, you know, days and hours. Um, And through that period, I think we just really tried to lean on other areas, content, iRacing and and, and heat and, and other ways that we could provide entertainment and really a distraction, um, you know, to, to fans and, and people during, a, a, you know, some really, you know, uh, some, some tough weeks um, for, for most Americans. Um, and then um, made the decision and had the opportunity to return to racing. Um, and it literally was, I think, you know, by the time we had um, had the approval from the governors of South Carolina and North Carolina, we had literally kind of two weeks to mobilize. And I have to hand it to our competition team, the, the amount of, of preparation and the partnership with, you know, uh, federal and, and state and local health officials and government officials, the protocols, I mean, the protocol document and guidelines were like huge, like in just day and night kind of working through that with the really the, the end goal of just being, you know, as safe as possible and and, and structuring it that if somebody did um, contract that the uh, COVID, that it wouldn't take down everyone. So really kind of sectioning how people sort of travel and who they interact with and people that are traveling to tracks, don't go to the race shops and all of that. Um, and then uh, a couple of weeks of, of racing uh, without fans, uh, we got the opportunity to, um, to, to bring some fans back uh, to the track. And again, you know, a matter of a couple of weeks. And as you know, things are still changing literally, you know, by the day, you know, in, in the country. Um, but we had um, in, in Miami and then Talladega, we basically, um, you know, in, invited a, a select group of, of guests to the track, um, really to just make sure and very minimal number of fans to make sure that, you know, all of our protocols and procedures and processes and, and all of that was, was really safe. And again, safety being the, the, the number one sort of priority. Um, and, and I think we've gotten into a, a pretty good groove. I think that the balance of, of, you know, the season, it depends a lot on, on, on state kind of laws and um, obviously working closely with, with governors in, in every state where, where we race. So um, some races you'll see, you know, upwards of, you know, 10, 15, um, you know, even a bit more fans and, and some, Races, even in the playoffs, you're going to probably see no fans. Um, 
And then, you know, I think just, um, you know, throughout, throughout all of this, I think the, the decision that our leadership have made and um, how they've kind of acted and how they've responded. And it's just really like the, the, the industry in general has just come together in ways that, I mean, I've only been around for six and a half years, but people that have been here, you know, for a decade or two or, or more that are like, you know, that, that the industry has never come together, you know, and, and been this harmonious ever. So even, you know, tough times, it, it brings out um, sometimes the, the, the best in, in people and organizations. And I think it really do, has done that uh, for NASCAR. You mentioned the playoffs, and uh, right before we started this podcast, I mentioned I'm going back to Arizona next week. Obviously, Phoenix, the new host of the championship event, and I know that was one of the markets when we've talked in the past that you guys really wanted to get back into, involve the community. So what kind of thought process went into involving a different market in Phoenix, and what are some of the other markets that you're looking to grow in the, in the future years? Yeah, Andrew, that, that's a, a great point, and and not not to belabor this point about kind of a data driven company, but you're gonna um, see we're gonna be announcing our 2021 schedule finally, uh, probably in a couple weeks here later later in August, um, and you're gonna see some some different things that you that you maybe wouldn't have expected. And again, I have to hand it to our our leadership and the competition team. Um, our research team is, is really kind of helping to um, inform them with data and insights to, to make decisions. So I think in the past, maybe, you know, there have been other factors that have weighed into where we've raced and how many races we go and, you know, when we go and all of that. But we've, um, <clears throat> we've got a data table of, you know, hundreds of, of kind of rows and columns that look at markets across the country and a number of different kind of um, you know, data sets and, and insights to really help us understand where's kind of the biggest opportunity. Um, and that, that's like a, you know, case in point where like a, a Nashville, we're going to be racing in Nashville next year, likely. Um, and that's, you know, a market where it's just ripe from a fan, from, you know, existing fans, from future fans, um, the, you know, the, the population growth, just the demographic sort of, you know, uh, concentration in that market, um, just so many factors that that um, make that market just a huge, huge opportunity for NASCAR. Similarly, and um, in, in Phoenix too, I think that they are draw from other kind of DMAs that are you know that are close to to, to Phoenix as well. But it's so um, there's so much opportunity to kind of um, have a new sort of championship, you know, crowning championships and at a new track and a new market with a different vibe um, and. Uh, so really excited, and I'm excited for you to see what what the, the 2021 schedule holds. You're going to see some some things that I think you maybe wouldn't have expected, but I think it's going to make for uh, an incredible uh, 2021 season. With uh, without like giving away too much, you have like a little tease for the 2021 schedule. Like, or all right, with that, I'll give you this. Like on a scale of like one to ten, ten being like completely different, one being it's pretty similar. How how different is it going to be? Oh. Um, I'd say, I'd say like a six. A six. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. On um, I think it is. We'll see if you, if you would rate it that when, when you see it. Um, I can't really give away too much and I don't know all the details. <laughs> but I mean, you know, they're, they're, you know, people love, you know, our fans and, and, you know, legacy longtime fans and new fans. They love, 
They love short tracks. They love road courses and they love variety and, and all these things need to be sort of taken into consideration. So um, yeah, I'm going to go with the six and, and we'll see if, it, if you, uh, you can call me out if, if, if it's, if you felt it was something different. That's a solid number right there. <laughs> so you spot, uh, speaking of different, doing different things with the 2021 schedule, marketing seems like always a challenge of doing something different to stand out. And one thing um, I've noticed NASCAR has done over the few years is partnering with other media organizations to kind of promote the sport. So you've partnered with VaynerMedia and Gary Vaynerchuk's brand. And I'm a big fan of Gary V. I like consuming his content. I think it's really interesting and his perspective on all kinds of marketing tactics that are happening with all kinds of brands. It's just I found it really fascinating. So I was wondering, how does um, bringing in an outside non-racing perspective agency like VaynerMedia help NASCAR find new and different ways to promote the sport or what do they help you accomplish overall? Yeah, they're, um, they, they are, um, you know, Gary V and, and his, his the empire kind of that he's built that I, I have a lot of admiration. Um, they're, I would say that they're very kind of atypical kind of marketing advertising agency. Um, and one that is much better equipped for, you know, for, for this point in time, I think the traditional kind of agency model is, is probably going to j- just struggle just given how, you know, brands and companies sort of operate and where they need to focus and invest. But I think Gary and his team, I think that, that what, they, what they've done um, so well is they help kind of train and inspire us and, and inspire us and kind of guide us. Um, and what they've really, you know, they, they've really in a, in a very unapologetic way, they've kind of like wake up, you know, be authentic, be real, stop being so polished, stop being so, you know, um, PC with everything that you do, test things, be constantly testing and learning, put, you know, $30 of, of, you know, paid behind, you know, Facebook, these 10 things of content and see what pops. Um, and that was just a very different way of, of thinking for, for us as a, as an organization. They also helped us with, um, with kind of the drivers that that's a, a big area and, and reason why we kind of onboarded them. So, Drivers are, you know, they, they've a number of drivers have have a personal now connection with with Gary V, and I think we could, you know, give drivers and their their teams different sort of you know tips and suggestions and tools, um, and in some ways it might be effective. Um, but when Gary or or the you know Vayner Media team does it, they probably kind of tune in a little bit more. So they've really trained us, you know, to really think differently about how you approach marketing and where you invest and where you do need to invest and they're, you know, the, the traditional marketing model and, you know, spending all this time and money on these beautifully produced, you know, 30 second television ads. Yep. Television gives you mass reach, but like what you really need to be doing is have be a content engine. Um, and, and that's, I think what the, the, the company and the, the industry has become a lot better at being in the last uh, couple of years. Pete, man, I appreciate all the insight you've given us. There's uh, so much to take away from this. And uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to talk to us. Thank you. It's, it's always a pleasure. And uh, hope to see you guys soon at a, uh, at a racetrack. For sure. Yeah, I know. We need to get back to the track. And also, I'm, I'm rocking your I Am NASCAR I shirt for right. you. Right I will there. definitely see you in, uh, in Phoenix, all right? Oh, so I got the invite. I can go. <laughs> Yeah, that's my guess. He's going to sneak in anyway. Like, I, don't, I have yeah. no doubt you're going to be at that race. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, can you just can you look the other way when I climb up Rattlesnake Hill? <laughs> I, I'm going to be with you. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you, All Pete, right. for joining Thanks, us. Guys. Thank you. Take care.
All right, so how about that, Pete Jung? Man, he was awesome. It was, I think we covered a lot. <laughs> we covered a lot there for sure. Yeah. Well, that's a good insight into some marketing initiatives. 2021 schedule. Like, how about I, that? We got some insight there. I don't think anyone's said that before. No. So we're going to. And, and we have a timetable. It's going to come out within the next couple of weeks or so. Yeah. Very exciting. New markets, which I'm thrilled about. Let's, I want to speculate real here. We, he didn't tell us this, but we already confirmed Nashville's on the schedule. I think St. Louis is going to be on the schedule. Gateway has been a phenomenal facility mm. for the last few years. The Xfinity Series, I mean, the Truck Series has gone back there. They have huge crowds. Like, they get really good crowds. I think they have a great promotion or promoter at that place. So I think that might be a track on the schedule. And I'm still thinking if Chicagoland Speedway, if the rumors about its future is true i think a chicago street course is in the works so that would be epic. oh man i i mean chicagoland speedway will always be number one in my heart but if we go and race through the streets of chicago i don't think i would be too upset about that at all that would be really really cool yeah. I, I think with and, and again we're just speculating here pete hasn't said anything besides just a six out of ten which real quick i'll go when we were in Phoenix a couple years ago, my dad and I were talking to him about a very similar thing, but I think it was going to be for this year's schedule. Or I actually think it could have been the 2021 schedule. No, it probably would have been 2021. And we were asking him, and I, we asked him that same question, like, out of 10, like, where's it going to be? And he said it was within that same range. And at that time, he said they were considering everything and everything. And I think obviously now, since we're closer, they've narrowed that window down. But yeah, could be very, very interesting. A six out of ten. I would have seen like I think like most people, you would have thought that the 2020 schedule would have just been pushed back and used for next year. Like I think that was what everyone was thinking because we didn't really get to run the 2020 schedule. But the fact that he said it's going to be pretty significantly different. And that, I mean, we already have Nashville and some possibly other di- new, different new tracks. Yeah. I mean, that's that. I l- always love a good shakeup, and that yeah. could be really interesting. Very exciting stuff, and I enjoyed hearing what uh, he described about Vayner Media. I'm a big fan of Gary V. His content, very. Um, I don't know for especially for college age kids who want to get into media marketing that kind of stuff. It's very good stuff to follow and learn and nascar is also following and learning from how they kind of advertise and do some marketing stuff so i don't know i'm a big fan of marketing i want to learn more about marketing i've done learn a lot about pr and content social media and stuff but of course that's all part of marketing but overall branding stuff i don't know that just got me excited to learn some more about that stuff yeah absolutely and one thing that's interesting is from previous conversations i've had with him and, and what he mentioned today, he wanted to go to NASCAR that was an established brand, but had plenty of room to grow. And I was at a spring training game with him. Uh, when was it? I think it was last year. And I was talking with him and some of the other people he works with, and they were really focused on how do we make NASCAR a true brand, a recognizable, established brand beyond what it is right now. And I think that's what we're seeing now are some of the steps. And really, I think the NASCAR's back campaign, I know we talked about that and I am NASCAR. I think that has been phenomenal in helping NASCAR kind of gain some new footing with some new fans. And it's been a good opportunity. They seized the moment out of a bad opportunity, which is obviously the pandemic. But I, I think 
that has really helped the sport. That NASCAR's back campaign is, has really been good for the sport, and um, we, have, we have Pete to thank for a lot of that. So going forward, every time you see any NASCAR marketing initiatives, you can think to what Pete told us and get, and get a behind-the-scenes you know, thought process about what's going on with NASCAR when they're trying to promote the sport, do things differently. So that, that'll be very good. A funny little story I have is we used to have a backyard ice rink in you know because chicago it's nice and cold go for a little skate in the backyard so we set up wood boards and filled it with tons and tons of water and let it freeze so one year because you know like you watch hockey broadcasts and you see like they've got all the logos and stuff under the ice while they're skating around so we're like we're gonna get this big nascar logo so we went to like i don't remember what it was custom ink or something like that and got this ginormous nascar logo probably like uh, my wingspan worth and we put it in on the ice and we took a picture of it and I tweeted it and Pete later said like that was so out there and obscure that that whole ice rink photo of like the NASCAR logo in our backyard ice rink was in one of their brand meetings and like discussed. Oh my God. <laughs> so should we start sponsoring hockey rinks? Is that the yeah, next yeah. avenue? Yeah. And, and it was the worst thing to skate over because the material we used was incorrect and it kept melting the ice under it. So I'm you always had professional to like hockey, like rink, logo placer yeah i don't know not in the job description but i ended up always avoiding the nascar logo because there was no ice there so i would skate over that and trip every single time (laughs) so i've learned to quickly run away from the nascar logo so i guess that's not good marketing right there because you don't don't want to think about seeing the nascar logo and tripping and falling on some ice yeah learned it the hard way though yep thank you for that story you're welcome Okay, that's it for this episode. Daytona Road Courses this weekend. I feel like we have to have a show next weekend exclusively talking about the road course. And I think one of our friends is going to the race. I think we might actually have him on to tell us about the experience of attending the first ever NASCAR race on the Daytona Road Course. So I think look forward to that next week, next Monday, early in the week. And yeah, should be good. Something interesting real quick about Daytona Road Course is I talked with an engineer earlier in the week and uh, RCR engineer, Byron Daly. And he said that since they don't have any practice, I'm like, how do you prepare for a Daytona road course race with no practice? And he said they have been studying hours and hours of IMSA film and like trying to gather data that way. And I'm like, I would never thought you could translate it, but that's what these, I mean, high up established teams, engineers, they are going to IMSA on board and and trying to get as much as they can from that. So something really interesting there. That's all they got. Like I know. I I would expect that. That's literally the only thing NASCAR is preventing them from practicing on a course they've never raced on. So they've got to find ways to... I just didn't think you could translate IMSA, but apparently there's enough there that you, you can take stuff from it. When it's the only thing you have, I think you're going to make it work. Yeah. All right. Daytona Road Course Talk next week. Thanks, Pete, for joining us today. Really enjoyed that conversation. And follow us on Twitter. I'm at Hey... Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Hey Jason Schultz. Andrew, what's your Twitter handle again? I forget. At Andrew Curlin TV. And no, I'm not going to change it it. for you. Not going to do it. So follow me there. All right. Catch... Redhead Racing Radio again next week. Last time from Chicago for me here, too. Going back to Arizona. So, 
It's going to be hot. It is going to be hot, but I'll be back. See ya.